Good morning, good afternoon, good night, good evening, whatever, whatever type of day it is, whatever time of day it is for you right now. Thank you so much for uh, checking out episode five. Episode five, Tales from the Green Room. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our first sponsor here. First sponsor supporting the podcast <laughs> here at Tales from the Green Room. Uh, and uh, here it goes. Are you in a band? Are you a DJ? Are you getting married? Are you having a party? Are you having some kind of event that you need to spice it up? You need to make it look dope. You just need to change the vibe, add some color, and just make it look sick. Then you better get your ass over to ambientforce.com and check out these uplights. I've actually seen these things in action. Uh, I was doing a session up in the Northeast with a band, and uh, we kind of felt like we needed uh, some vibe going on. Just had this kind of surgical, like, light hanging over top of us, just this white light. It was really weird and sterile. So um, we got a few of these, and we put them around the studio in the different corners, and instantly it was just amazing. You can change the, the colors with your phone, your tablet, any connected device. You can program them to change colors with the beat. They can be any shade of any color, and there's tons of different effects like flickering, like a candle, or a slow kind of dissolve, fade kind of thing. Some swells, you know. I promise you, everyone at the party is going to think you're rad as fuck. It's going to look so good. These uplights have actually been used by some celebrities like John Cena and Nikki Bella, to name a few. Um, I know the people that run this company, and they're all great people, and um, they're in it for the right things, man. They just want to help you make your event better, and uh, I suggest you give them a call, hit up, hit up the uh, website. You won't be disappointed, that's for sure. So uh, make sure you head over to ambientforce.com. You can give them a call at 857-285-2035, or hit them up on the email at uh, info at ambientforce.com. And if you mention the podcast, they're going to give you a nice discount as well. So make sure you jump on that. Accent your excellence with your friends at Ambient Force. All right. How was that? How did I do? How did I do? That was the first sponsor right there. Did I do it right? (laughs) All right. Today's episode, I've got my friend Gabriel from a Phoenix, Arizona band called Feuca. Um, Awesome guy. The band is great. You got to check them out. They like this. Latin, punk rock, ska, reggae band. Um, just, a, just a fun band. You got to go see them live. They have, a, they have their own beer called Fayuka Rising. And uh, we talked about that a little bit. And um, got some insight and perspective from, uh, from Gabo and the boys and their experience on the road. We had a tiny bit of interference with some loose cables somewhere, but uh, we tried to minimize that the best we could. So uh, enjoy the show. So what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Just enjoying uh, this beautiful Phoenix weather. Beautiful Phoenix weather, huh? Yeah, it's like 70 degrees all day long, sunny, birds are chirping, clear skies. I feel like this for like the last three months. I'm jealous, man. I know. You guys got hit bad over there, huh? It's pretty, yeah. It's a... the weekend was terrible, but uh, I mean, it's nice and sunny out now. But the the wind, it's kind of kind of a chill going on out there. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. Friday night was insane. We had to go to our show, and like, oh god, it was just like trees falling down and I car accidents. That. Yeah, it's it's wild. Driving a a van and trailer through that stuff is not fun. We were up in the northeast, and then apparently this is normal for you guys, but for us, like the snow was like way too much. We ended up canceling like four shows. Oh man! <laughs> and we just stayed, stayed over at Joey, uh, the guy from Pasadena, stayed in his house for like a week. And um, and everybody's making fun of us, but we don't get that out here in Arizona. So we were terrified. For the best, dude. And, yeah, yeah. It's better to be safe, right? <clears throat> of course. So, are we recording already? We are going. We're, this is happening okay, right now. Nice. Okay. So uh, tell me, man. I think uh, a lot of people want to know. So this is uh, this is Gabriel, uh, my friend Gabriel from a band called Fayuka, out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. You guys are Phoenix, right? We're from Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix, mm-hmm. Arizona. I didn't know if, if it was Scottsdale or you know Mesa or one of those. Um, no, no, we're we're like 
from the west side. Right on. From the west, west side. side. West side. It's a hood. <laughs> All right. So uh, tell tell everybody what's going on, man. I've known you. I've, God, I've known you for like a decade, maybe. It's been years. Um, I think I I reached out to you on MySpace years ago or yeah. something. This is back when like. This is how all the bands like met, dude. <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> MySpace yeah. uh, it was like it was like we heard our music on pure volume and then I'd message you on MySpace. <laughs> I think we were doing all that sense boardware stuff back then. Oh man, that's remember right. that with Mike Patty? Mike Patty. I love Mike Patty. He's uh, yeah, yeah. he runs the pier now. The pier, yeah. Everybody, the pier is an awesome uh web resource for uh for music, reggae, hip hop, acoustic, rock, whatever. Um mm-hmm punk rock they, they do a lot of cool editorials and features and mp3 week of the leak uh, week of the leaks they do they do week of the leaks um but yeah no they do they do great work over there so go check out the pure.org if you get a chance yeah yeah so damn it's been that long huh it's nuts man it's been a while yeah this was this was um this is uh, a long time ago and then we did our first tour like in 2010 damn that's right um we were doing like we were out with the, the bastard sons Remember those guys? Damn, yeah, that was a fun tour. That was a summer sound system, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah, man. So yeah, we, we, we go we go way back, but yet I still feel like I'm still getting to know you every single day. I know, all the time. All the time. You get more handsome every time I see you too. <laughs> well, thank you. It's 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 the happy the happy years. The happy years, yeah. It must be the dad yeah. thing. It's the dad thing, yeah. Dude, I'm I'm so embracing this whole dad bod thing. I don't know why more people don't. It's like it's just <laughs> you just glow and you're happy. I'll agree with that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. It's kind of, it's also an excuse for me to not go to the gym. So yeah, I'm cool. With that, but whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. I try to go to the gym a couple times a week, but yeah, just always so goddamn busy, man. And, but that's also, that's just an excuse, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Never too busy to be healthy. Yeah, man. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, well, I, th- I think you're kind of blessed though, like with the height. Cause like, you could you could do whatever the hell you want, you know. Us short guys, we got to really watch what we eat and like just make sure that we stay healthy. Yeah, I've been able to hide it. Uh, that's for sure mm-hmm. for years. I think when I got into my thirties, though, that's when it really started. Just kind of things started to show. Um, yeah, you know, uh, it's it, it's a lot. It's a lot harder to. It's not hard to eat two rows of double stuffed Oreos <laughs> these days, but it's, yeah. it's it's hard to hide it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, yeah, yeah I'll, yeah. I'll destroy a whole thing of double stuff Oreos in a sitting, man. Oh, definitely. It's like the texture and the flavor just creates this addiction of just like back and forth and back and forth. Dude. Just eat and swallow, eat and swallow. Bite down into the cream, especially the double stuff cream part. It's just like, oh, it's so good, man. Dip it in the hell, milk. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so when did Fayuka come together? When when did you guys start the band? So when we were in high school, we started together. So this was like in 2003, 2002. But we were just doing like backyard parties and coffee shops. And it was it was a lot of fun. And then once we started getting like a little, there was a, there was a point where we were playing this coffee shop in downtown Glendale out here in Arizona. And when we would get there every Thursday, we would see the crowd grow. At first it was like just like our girlfriends and stuff, you know. But I think as word got around the high schools here in town, um, there was a point where there was like 300 people lined up out the door. And it happened really quickly, you know, like within a couple months of having residency there. So like in 2003, 2004 is when we started playing out like in actual venues and then, and then did our first tour like in 2009. So we, we, we started off as kids and it was just for fun. And then I think like around 2009, 2010 is when we, when we started actually like recording records and going out on tour. So. <clears throat> that's great, man. That's, that's awesome. It's, it's nice to see, uh, it's nice to see people showing up, uh, you know, seemingly out of the blue, like, Oh wow, there's 300 people out here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, that's, it, it shows that you're doing something right and whatever that, it, whatever it is, you know? And it's crazy. Cause like, uh, you know, there's always all this talk about marketing and, and the look and, and having, you know, just really focusing and, and trying to get people to notice the band. But it's like almost, especially when you're starting out, it's almost like you don't ha- really have any of that. So just doing what you do yeah. naturally, 
um, just sort of organically brings people to the show. And I think, exactly, I think that eventually just shines through everything. Like there's, you know, uh, I don't know, like the, all the marketing and the, the money and the, the promo and things like that, like, and, and trying to have the band look a certain way and things, but then it just, I don't know, it just kind of comes out in, in the, the, the honesty comes out, you know, people see through bullshit, you know? Yeah. And, well, uh, I think, I think now, like in a way, like, okay, that has like, like it's like it's effect, you know, like, sure. who, you know, who you attract and like, you look cool amongst like the group of all these cool bands or whatever. But I think essentially like, and in a lot of bands that I know, like you guys, I mean, you were just writing music that you loved and playing parties. And, and I mean, on your first episode, you talked about like the basement, you know, trying to do like house parties in the basement and stuff. And like initially, like that intuitive marketing, I think, is what, what grows like the real fans. The, um, you know that you need to get your friends there. You know you need to put on the best show you can possibly put on. And you know that you have to write music that you're passionate about and you're not really catering to, to whatever little mold you feel like you need to fit. Right. So then I just, I hear from a lot of my friends and a lot of bands, just like, you know, that first, that first phase of the, of the band, the local band playing, you know, two shows in one night kind of thing, or like an after party and, and not really focusing so much on, on their image just mainly focusing on their music and connecting with their fans, I think is, is more important. Um, so yeah, I think, I think you're right about that. Just, there's something, there's something so organic and passionate about that very first moment of just the whole fuck it attitude. Let's just go do this. We're still punk rock, you know? Yeah, I I totally agree with that, man. It's, uh, I think, um, it's, it's kind of easy to get away from, um, what really matters, um, when you're, you know, and, and I did mention this, I I believe in the, in the first or second podcast that like, it depends on what your goals are, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you, if you're a band that's like trying to get out there and, and be on the radio and, and things like that, like it's kind of a different path than just trying to be a touring band. Um, you want to, you're, you know, you're trying to, you want to have the look right and you want to, you know, um, mm-hmm. everybody wants to be the Beatles, you know, it's like, just ha- have the look and the lifestyle and it just pr- exude all of that and, and, um, ha- attract people that way and put in the marketing dollars and things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, really, at the end of the day, man, it's like it's. There's a reason why those fans came to you in the beginning, before all that, and yeah. I think it's you. You have to try and stay tapped into that as long as you can. And I think is I think if if you, like you said, write the music that you want to write, and um, don't try to be something you're not. I think that it the, the path may be longer, but you're going to be much happier, much more fulfilling. Yeah, at the end, yeah. Definitely. So, uh, you guys started touring. You said like oh four, oh five. Oh yeah, like so we started touring like like two thousand nine, and it was just oh, calling right. up friends, friends, and actually, you know who 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 got us our first little run of tours was Mike Patty. That's why I brought him up because we um, such a good dude. He, I know he just connected us with all these bands from from over there from Promotion Side and, and Chapter Eleven, you know, and and then we started swapping shows in like two thousand nine. And it was like the first taste of, of what it's like to hop in a van with your buds and just like road trip and play music and come home exhausted after like two days and, and call that a tour, you know? Um, right. And that was like around 2000, 2009 or so, 2008. And then um, that's pretty much when we started just, when we fell in love with this whole touring idea and meeting people. So, uh, what was it, you know, what was it like when you guys first started touring? So, oh nine, um, what did you get? What, what sort of, uh, things took place? Like, what did you guys, uh, any awful things, any amazing things? Like, I mean, we all, we all learn a lot from being on the road. We learn a lot about ourselves and about each other and, um, you know, any, any blown tires, any crazy stuff? Well, you know, like, I guess at first, like, you don't know what to expect, right? And then, like, you think, oh, this is just part of being on the road. But I think a lot of it just came down to preparation, like, blown tire in the middle of I-10 and not having a jack, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) and then at the time, you know, I, you know, you don't plan ahead. We don't have roadside service. So we're sitting there flagging down truckers, but nobody wants to pull over. They're all on a mission to get to wherever they want to go. So, you know, yeah, you're, you're stuck out there for like four or five hours until somebody comes and helps you change a tire on your van. 
Uh, so that was definitely one of those shitty situations, but, but you know, most, most of it was just kind of just part of being the experience of being on the road. Um, you're showing up to a venue and turns out the show was never confirmed. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, they're uh, like, well, can we at least play for like a, you know, dinner, you know? And then, and then they, you know, they throw you on there. Uh, so a lot of that stuff happened in the beginning, but I think just as we started touring and then we started meeting bands like you guys and, you know, we'd go out with like Authority Zero or like, um, you started learning, we started learning some of these things that can be avo- avoided, you know? So now we make sure that we always have Jack in the bus, you know? And then we always have... <laughs> Very important. We, yeah, yeah. Well then, well then here was the other thing. So we get this, this is recently too, this is so amateur list. <laughs> we're like somewhere in Yuma, get a blowout and we have the jack, we pull everything out, I bring up the trailer and then I'm going through the trailer and I can't find, uh, I can't find a tire. <laughs> so like, oh, man. we went out without a spare. Dude. We thought we were all prepared and then everybody's looking at me like, oh, Gabo, you know, typical Gabo thing, you know, classic <laughs> Gabo, you know, and then it's always you know, eventually, fault, right? you know, we, oh, definitely my fault. We rode the rim to, to some tire shop and, you know, paid triple the price for a tire because we're in the middle of nowhere. Oh, man. But, um, but yeah. Those are such when, nightmare situations, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, like, well, especially when, when you – sometimes, like, you don't know where you're at. You know, you don't know. It's just, you know, we had this situation in, in recently in, in California. We were driving out, <clears throat> and we get – if it wasn't for this lady, like zoom, like speeding up to me and like yelling at me and pointing at the back of the trailer, our trailer would have gone. I mean, the tire we had been riding that rim forever. Like I, it was so dark and you couldn't really see it. Right. Sparks are flying everywhere, and then we pull over with the intention of just changing the tire. But right away, like we're on this like dangerous curve. We can't fo- go forward or back, and it's the truck route. So all these trucks are just like zooming by us. We're like, you could feel them, you know, like, like as you're changing the tire. So, um, so yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's just situations happen. And it's even worse because you don't know where you're at. You don't know what you're doing. You're far from home. You know, like you just want to like go home to mommy or something. I don't know. Or you want to like, just like be in like in your safe place, but, but you're just, you just got to get through changing that tire and get back on the road. Yeah. <clears throat> there is nothing scarier than, uh, experiencing a blowout, um, at you know, 70 miles an hour. It's, uh, we keep the, we keep the van at 70 and no more at like at all times. Um, and, uh, yeah, which is good. Oh my God. We've had, a, we've had, I think, I think two, two actual real blowouts, um, uh, in the van in the past. And it is like the scariest thing ever, man. Like, and I think I happen to be driving both times and it just, luckily there was, no one right around us. It was like a four lane highway. And yeah. I think we were over in like the, like the third lane from the right. And, and just, it sounded like a cannon went off, dude. It was, it was so loud. And just suddenly the van the just, oh yes. Yeah, so fucking scary. <laughs> just all over the road. We ended up on the, on the right side, um, in the right lane in the shoulder. And oh, it was man. all about just like, let off the gas and just compensate. You know, if it goes right, you kind of mm-hmm. go right with it, but sort of try to bring it back to the left. Like try to just try to straighten it out like gradually. And and this all happens in a matter of seconds. It's not like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not slow motion. It's just, this shit is fucking scary. And just, if you're listening, kids, don't lose your head. Just let off the gas. Do not hit the brake and just, just try to coast it and compensate the best you can. And do not let that thing roll over, man. It is like every, I mean, there's this, when you're on the side of the road, even 10 minutes later, there's still this rush of adrenaline that's like yeah. going through you. And you're just like, ah, like we were all screaming <laughs> on the side of the road, just getting it out, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely uh, van and trailer maintenance is huge. Make sure you're uh, getting your, your maintenance huge. regularly. And make sure you have a tire in the back of that trailer. Put a tire, you know? tire back there in, in the van and the trailer and uh, make sure you've got your jack and all that. And uh, I would suggest spending the money and picking up one of those, the big, uh, the big heavy duty like jack on mm-hmm. wheels like that you can, you know, like seriously just like jack it up you know what i mean like the uh what they call it i'm, I'm losing my mind right now um yeah, not the, not the windy ones. spinny thing that like mm-hmm. is like real flimsy and weird now nah, get the one that's that you can jack it up and it's heavy duty you know you, you it's money well spent mm-hmm. definitely 
definitely. But yeah, but for the most part, the, the the road has been has been great for us. You know, I think I think it depends on the attitude you go out with. It. I mean, a lot of things happen that like wouldn't happen at home. Um, you know, like sleeping in a in a van. You know, smelling everybody who hasn't showered for a week or whatever. Like just eating crap on tour because that's all you could afford or whatever. But um, you know, eventually you know, your values change and your needs change and you start eating a little bit better or whatever. But, but I think that when, when we, when we first started going out, the expectation was we're not out here to vacation. We're out here to make fans and we would make sure that every single person, if there was like five people or 500 people, we would make sure that we connected with every single person possible. And, um, so then all those like little shitty moments just never really became a thing. It was just kind of, you know, you just kind of roll the punches and, you're focused on what your main what your main point is and it's to go out there and and make friends make fans and play music and have fun so absolutely so, yeah. dude absolutely if you if you're trying to go out on vacation you're not doing it for the right reasons it's it's going to it's going to blow up in your face <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah we've lost members that way yeah i can't do that. i can't sleep in a van one more night like we're 2 days into the tour like dude we're driving 20 hours a day just chill wait till we get to the venues you know but. Yeah, I mean, uh, you definitely. Uh, I addressed this as well. I believe in the first podcast that you need to get people that are driven like you and and are willing to to slum it out for years. It's not going to happen over weeks and months, man. It's going to be years before anything really good starts to happen. I mean, we we toured for I think it was seven years before we even started getting hotels. You know. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, we're just in the van, sleeping in the van, sleeping at people's houses that would, that would let us, you know, and, and that's all great. Then we started getting older and, <clears throat> you know, more agitated and things like that just from being on the road so much that we just decided that we had to, um, start taking some of the money and, and getting hotels because at the end of the day, like, um, it, it is, it's better for morale and everybody gets a good night's sleep and, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. But, but yeah, when you're in your twenties, man, and you're just out there crushing it, just, yeah, just save your money, stay with a friend, stay with people you meet on the road, whatever, and, and, and do it that way for a while, you know? Yeah. What we ended up doing is we got this like, shuttle bus and just converted it with sleep with beds and stuff. And, um, I remember that. I don't think I could ever go to a van again. Um, just the comfort of being able to, we could do longer drives now, you know? Because everybody gets to like stand up, stretch out. I mean, you guys did a conversion as well, right? So you you understood you understand like the comfort now of like you know you're not like crammed in this little passenger van. Yeah, yeah. It was you uh, get to lay out. <clears throat> it was about eleven years after after we started touring that we finally um, went from a you know a three fifty to to we got this Sprinter bus now and uh, <clears throat> had it converted. And I mean, it's amazing. The, the being able to lay down is, um, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, whenever we need to, that is being able to take a nap before the set. Like, I mean, stuff like that is huge. Like for long drives, you can go park at a truck stop. You can chill out, lay down. Like I'll, I'll usually like jump in bed, like right after we leave the venue, if we got a long drive and we can't stay at a hotel and then, you know, our tour manager will drive as long as he can. And I'll just wake up at like six or seven, you know, after about six or seven hours of sleep, you know, and just get up and drive mm-hmm. the rest of the way. It's, it, it's so much better. Um, and, uh, that's one of those things that it'll come in time. If you can't afford to do that at the moment, um, definitely, uh, just keep, keep slumming it out in the van, but, but work, so, you know, set yourself some goals and, uh, eventually mm-hmm. you get there because that you can cut, cut down on hotel money and things like that. And, um, it makes a lot of sense. Definitely. <laughs> so, uh, have you guys um, have you guys noticed uh, a change, like a, a, like a feeling of leveling up at all in the last uh, what is it, two thousand eight, about nine years now? Yeah, man. I mean, you kind of learn. We learned. Well, first of all, we know our limits, what we're willing to, to do and not to do, right? Um, and we've we've been a little bit more. We found like pockets where our music really resonates with, with, with the people there. So we just focus on those areas and just have better tours overall. And then <clears throat> I think, um, our performance has, has definitely polished up. So it's been opening up more opportunities for us with like festivals or like some bigger name venues and some support tours that we wouldn't have gotten, you know, just right off the bat. So definitely just like, you know, 
we kind of went against the grain and like did things our way and then yeah it took longer and it was you know i'm just, i'm comparing to some some friends bands that just like get started now and then instantly just start killing it on tour which which is awesome but for us it took us a little bit longer we were learning the ropes. so definitely in the last nine years like <clears throat> we've we've um we've just kind of like settled in more into like who we are as artists and what what does touring look like for us and you know what we've been able to plan a little ahead now like you know what 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 do we want to see happen in the next couple of years and that's why we started this beer uh we started like a, our own beer out here and yes and it wasn't it wasn't just this like hey let's get a beer and put it in a venue and get drunk you know it was like hey wh- why are we you know why what's the next step for us here in our hometown you know and and, and what, what do our fans want to see from us and and just having like our own craft beer brewed by like an award-winning brewmaster um he uh we we learned that we wanted to start producing our own festivals so we started meeting like the like the influencers out here and and putting on these little mini block parties that are all you know put together by our beer company and and um <clears throat> and yeah so i mean just it just took that long for us to figure out hold on what the hell are we doing here you know right are we going to continue spinning our wheels and just like playing bars that we know the owner because they're they're really fun and they're going to get us really drunk and give us a place to sleep at the end of the night and feed us very well or, or like are we just going to start making a little bit more you know calculated decisions and 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 um and yeah so in the last I mean I I call that leveling up I don't know what it is to you but like no yeah we just like absolutely really put together a game plan that worked for us and that was realistic within like what what we're willing how far we're willing to stretch I think uh, I think, especially in this day and age, um, you know, uh, the music in general is so saturated now. I mean, um, the the rise of streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music and Pandora and you know and YouTube and all that. Um, it's just really kind of it's leveled the playing field as far as mm-hmm. distribution goes. Um, you're you're finding bands all the time and they're all vying for that, that spotlight in a way. And, um, it's harder to shine through and, uh, you know, you're out there killing yourselves every night. And, um, sometimes you feel like people aren't taking notice as much as they should. Um, and then you get older and you got families and things like that. And you start to find like, well, I, I really gotta, I really should, I need to make some money to, <laughs> to support this family and, and really sort of, um, it ha- you have to be able to, to go do this stuff and be away from home and be um, comfortable knowing that you're paying bills while you're gone. And uh, I think the idea of selling out is just not a thing anymore. If someone ever called me a sellout, I'd, you know, kick him in the fucking face, you know, just, <laughs> it's just not that way anymore. That's not how it is. I love what yeah. I do. I love, I love my music. I, I, I love being in a band and, and all that, but it doesn't always pay all the bills, man. It's really hard. And, um, the music industry is one of the hardest industries out there. Um, and I think it's great to, to have a side hustle, you know, and, and it's something that you're passionate about. You love beer, you know, and I love beer. Yeah. And, uh, I, I've, put, I've sent you home in Ubers in the past, you know, um, <laughs> Dude, thank you so much. You don't understand how much, how much more my love grew for you that night. You know? <laughs> when you grab me by my face and say, focus, I'm putting you in an Uber, Gabriel. Yeah, I had, to tell, I had to tell the girls like, yeah, just it's all good. Just take them to the house. That was so. <laughs> oh good. man, that was yeah, that was but, great. No, nah, um, but no, side hustles are important, man, and and you know it doesn't have to be just anything. It, it, it's something that you know and something that you're familiar with, and and something that you're passionate about as well as the music. You yeah. can be excited about more than just music, you know. And um, to be <laughs> well, able, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say to 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 be able to. Um, <clears throat> To, to do those types of things, do all kinds of different things. It doesn't, it doesn't just have to be music anymore, you know. Um, I, I think that's that's really awesome. Well, yeah, we're all artists, you know. Um, yeah, it's all artists. So many right? other ways to express your art, you know, uh, through through music is one of them. I mean, you doing these podcasts is like another way of you just expressing your art. You have a lot of things in your little brain that you you need to get out there to people, and all of this stuff is is all part of just art, you know. And if you could find a creative way to still be an artist 
and have that flexibility to go out and be a musician and still make a living, then that is just fucking awesome. Just keep doing that over and over, you know? It's, so. it's true. Every, everything, <clears throat> typically everything I do is sort of music centric. It's based on music. Just, I mean, music is just the language of the people, man. It's just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to just infuse it with, with other things that I'm interested in and, you know, um, you're taking your, you're taking your, you're making these big block parties, you know, with this beer company that you're creating, you know, and, and throwing bands on it. I mean, it's just, it's a perfect marriage, you know? Well, the, the idea with that was like, you know, and any, any local band here from Phoenix that like I sit with and have a beer or a coffee with, you know, I'm always just like chatting with them about things and they'll throw ideas my way and we're just bouncing, even though like it's not my band, like I like to see I like to see bands do well, you know, and because I know how hard it can be and, and I know how hard it still is. And like what I wanted to do with this, with this, with this beer was that we wanted to create like a, a platform that would serve almost like a, like a springboard for like local, you know, bands or local charities or, or foundations or, or local businesses, you know? So when we do our festivals, it's, it's like, okay, people are going to come and drink beer no matter what. And if you slap the name Beer Fest on it, you're going to get more people there. So we book all these local bands that don't really have much of a following out here, but we put them on a decent size, you know, block party size, you know, theme stage. And we do all this marketing for them. We get PR involved. We get them on TV. We get them on radio, like local stuff. And, you know, some of these bands wouldn't, at this point in their in their music local music career, like they wouldn't have those resources so available to them. So we get all these people together and all these resources, and we put these artists on the stage, and they're playing in front of you know fifty to a couple hundred people that they would have never played for at like twelve p.m. on a Saturday, you know. And the idea was that we would we would we would create this platform that they could all just grow with us here locally. And start really building this like Phoenix scene for what it is and what it was and what it could be. You know? And then I think that that alone is art in itself and so fulfilling. Like at the end of, of the festival, when you know me and my friends and the bands all kind of sit around and have beers afterwards, just to see like where it was from. Hey man, I had this idea. Are you guys on board? To hey, great night, great job tonight. You guys killed it. Let's go get a, a beer. And just to kind of see it all play out, I think is what what's motivating for all of us. Yeah. It's like a selfless way of really just creating a beer and, and putting together these like mini fests. It's a, that's a win-win man. You know, that's the, the feeling of a, uh, at the end of the day, it's like you're getting this feeling of like, I'm helping, you know, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's nice. It's nice to care. It's, it's, I love hearing about, um, other artists, uh, sort of lending a hand or, or dropping, dropping some advice or sort of, you know, just, maybe just providing a path for, for other artists, uh, on the come up to, uh, mm-hmm. to pursue what they're, what they're going after, you know, and uh, it's just a great, it's a great thing that you're doing. <clears throat> well, thank you. Yeah, man. I don't think I've had your beer yet. No, you would, you would probably love it. It's an IPA style. It's a, it's what's called an extra paleo. So it's not, it's called Fayuka rising, like the rising of the Phoenix. Fayuka rising, um, rising of the Phoenix. Yeah. That's yeah. so badass. <laughs> Um, fayukabeer.com, you could, you could like read all about it, but like, um, the idea was to have a, a beer that is strong enough where like the, like the, 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 the uh, craft beer, you know, followers could feel like this is a real craft beer, but then have it light enough where our typical fans that go to our, our shows and drink Molelo or Corona can just have a beer during these festivals outdoors and not feel like they're drinking this heavy, you know, hoppy IPA. So the brew, the brewmaster, do you know Southern tier, uh, the brewery from the East coast? Uh, I don't Scott, Scott is our big, uh, big beer guy. He's your beer guy. Well, he was from there. He came from there and launched a ton of beers and, and won a bunch of awards and was on TV and stuff. But when I was telling him like what we wanted to do, I was like, look, man, I don't know what beer I want. I just know that I drink everything from, from an ale or lager or pilsner to like a stout. I want anything between that. And the idea was to create a beer that was crisp enough, but strong enough. So you could have it out there on a festival, but it could still, you know, you know, 
compete against like all these other like craft beers. And we came up with this like uh, what's called an extra pale ale. So it's right in the middle of like an IPA and an ale. And you can have like, you know, five of those and not feel full and heavy or whatever. Uh, but it is a 6.3. So you, you could potentially get really drunk. <laughs> so, yeah. So like, you're, you're going to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll feel it after like two or three, like you're just having a really good time and, and, um, and then you just kind of chill out for a little bit or whatever. I don't know what you're, how other people drink, but, but yeah, man. So it's, I think you'll like it cause it's, it's, it's pretty strong, but it tastes like a crisp light beer. So, That's great. Yeah, I've uh, yeah. recently developed a, a taste for IPAs in the last couple of years. It's a, I'm, I've always been just just Corona. You know, that's pretty much all I drink yeah. is Corona. And uh, I think you got me into Corona. Really? Yeah. After we did that run with you in in uh, in 2010 with the Bastard Sons. After that, we would always put Corona on the rider, and it was something about I'd get to the venue and just crack open a Corona. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, man. I think the marketing just got me on that, dude. Like the the beach, You know what else you got me into? Oh, shit. What's that? <laughs> You got me into Jägermeister. Oof. You got me Sorry. into Jameson. I know, I know. <laughs> and then and then you got me into Fireball. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All the ones that I hate now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't drink those anymore. Yeah, definitely. I think if anybody hates a liquor, it's because they had like the worst experience ever with yeah, with said definitely. liquor. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We um man, the Jaeger years were crazy. We talk about that a lot. Yeah, we call it 2007 was uh we call it the great blackout of 2007 um <laughs> because all of us combined probably remember like six or seven shows out of like, you know, 150 shows that year. Well, cuz isn't that when Jaegermeister was doing like the Jaeger music music program? Yeah, they were doing that like and- right in the mid mid 2000s to late 2000s just the the Jaegermeister tour and and the, all the the musician deals and stuff and um i'll still find like little like lighters like fayuka lighters around here They're, like fayuka Jaeger. dude all I the that stuff but. all the jaeger that we drank back then we never got one fucking endorsement <laughs> like we were pushers <laughs> man we were the flagship band for that dude we were just like oh, you killing did, you bottles like before jaeger. the set on stage you were just, and off. You, you were just drinking it because you liked it it wasn't because because you were trying to impress the Jaeger guys. Uh, no, we were drinking it. Yeah, no, we were definitely drinking it Ugh. because we liked it. Um, but it's, you'd figure as much as we. I'm pretty sure we tried a couple times to to get them to take notice. You know, find a rep somewhere that would that would hook it up. You know, <laughs> but I mean, the best thing on the road is drinking for free. That's that's one of the best things. Yeah, of course. Um, so of course. you know, uh, oh man, I, whenever I mean, every now and then someone will will throw me a shot of Jaeger like either on stage or like after the you know after the set at the merch table or something I'm just like dude really and I'll feel like you know, compelled to drink it because I'm a nice guy and <laughs> but you drink it anyway but you know what I started ordering is Washington apples and I get made fun of all the time yeah bro hey man let me buy you a shot what you want get your bombs I'm like dude oh just give God. me a Washington apple dude it is Washington sweet. what is <laughs> that cranberry and and uh and Jaeger it- no, it's just what it's just whiskey. So it's like crown. I think it's like apple pucker and like cranberry. Oh man! But it tastes no, it tastes like right. a jo- like a like an apple Jolly Ranger. And um, so easy to say. Like if you don't want to drink, you just shoot this, and like there's no like burn or anything. But it gets you drunk because it's it's got whiskey in it. Yeah. And then people make fun of me. Like they they call me like a sissy or whatever. But man, I've I've already done all of that Jameson and Jaeger and stuff. And although like every now and then I still like it, but I'm in the mood for just like a nice sweet shot that gets me drunk. That I don't have to sit there and like worry about, you know, my nose burning. For, yeah. Like, you don't have to choke it. Down. Minutes. Yeah. I'll try <laughs> that next time. But it's, it's a girly drink dude. But I mean, it gets the job done. Dude, I don't fucking judge, man. I don't hate. <laughs> I don't judge. You know, yeah, drink what you want. Except <laughs> but somebody tried to, um, Someone tried to ice me once. You know that, nah. that bullshit with the Smirnoff yeah, ice? Yeah. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Get that shit out of my face, dude. We got okay, so um we were playing the black sheep in, in Colorado Springs. And right next to it there's this little bar. Um I forget what it's called, but they do it's like a like a like a really cool dive bar with like cheap drinks and stuff. So we were out with this guy, Mouse Powell, who's from here in Phoenix. And it was Jason DeVore's birthday, 
a couple weeks later Love and him. there was a flyer that said, you know, authority zero black sheep on like September 8th or 9th when it, on his birthday. <laughs> so we thought it would be clever. This is Mouse Powell's idea. We bought, we bought him all the Smirnoffs and left him at the bar, paid for them up front and then texted him on his birthday and said, you know, happy birthday. We, we, we bought you some shots next door. Go get them. So then they get there and then like instantly they all just get iced. You know? Oh <laughs> and, man. <laughs> and they were sending us videos like, you know, like they were sending him videos like just, you know, and nobody likes it, you know, but, but it was pretty funny. That was, that was, that was, that was like a, like we pranked them weeks later from home kind of thing, you know? That's so great, dude. See, see, that's, that's like <clears throat> tour pranks are like the best. Um, <laughs> They kind of suck when they happen unless it's like super creative, but like, uh, yeah, it's the best, man. That's, that's how, you know, like when, when a band really cares, I'm not saying that bands don't like oh, each yeah. other because they don't prank each other, but like, we're not great at pranking people. We're just not that good at it. I don't know. We've, we've mm-hmm. been pranked and we've tried to prank. <laughs> it doesn't work out, but we've been pranked and it's been pretty awesome every time. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It just shows like especially like end of tour, like end of tour prank is kind of like a, a, a traditional thing. And, and, um, mm-hmm. and when you get pranked, it's just like, ah, oh, you guys, you know, that kind ah, of, ah, you got me, motherfucker. You got me. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it just shows like the closeness, you know, like it does. I, there's bands that we've gone out with that I wouldn't even think about pranking them. They'd probably hate us and kick us off tour or whatever. But, you know, <laughs> there's bands that, you know, you can get away with it no matter how, how harsh it is. Yeah, but you know that just shows the closeness, like the you can tell like you can tell throughout. You know, you sort of you can mm-hmm. tell throughout, like the 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 joking starts happening. Um, I was talking to Nick from Passfire about this last week, and uh, he was we were talking about how like the first week of tour with like a, a band you've never toured with before um, is always the the most awkward and weird um, because <laughs> yeah. you're not sure you got to feel each other out, and um, it's kind of like a it's weird. It's like a relationship, like a first date kind of thing. Um, and, uh, it's just basic questions that, you know, when you talk and, um, I don't know, eventually everybody just starts warming up to each other and, um, and, you know, by the end of the tour, hopefully, man, um, and usually, uh, you end up just being homies, you know, and then like, we'll, we'll still send text messages or, or, you know, hit people in Instagram posts and stuff like old, old tour buddies and stuff. It's, you know what, what I think is like the most awkward is at what, like when you first meet a band. Like, there's this weird thing, and I don't know if I'm the only one that feels this way. Maybe maybe you do, and you can tell me that I'm not crazy for this. But, like, you get on tour with this band the first couple of days, the first couple of weeks. Like, at what point are you okay to just walk in the green room and start chatting with them? You know, like, I always feel like I need to, like, knock very politely and just pop in for, like, 10 seconds and then get out. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just weird, awkward. Like, okay, what are my boundaries? Like, can I walk in here? Can I say hi? You know, can I move your amp because it's in the way kind of thing, you know? Um, it's just this weird awkwardness. That, like, you know, I think with you guys, I was just like, all right, whatever, here, can, I'm just popping in here, I'm just sitting here. I'm going to come in your in your van and just sit there and hang out with you guys or whatever. But sometimes I find myself just, like, getting to a venue and just, you know, it's just this weird, like, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Or am Absolutely. I the only one that feels this way? No, I, oh, think okay. that, I think that's, like, <clears throat> I, I think that's, I think most people feel that way, man, especially at first. And, um, I mean, I've been on, we've been on tour with bands that, that I have never stepped foot on their bus if, if they're on a bus, um, or maybe one time. Um, did you ever go on a 311's bus or one of their buses? Cause they have like 10 buses on tour. Oh, I did. No. Um, actually no, one, one time we went, uh, went on 311's bus and they were, um, Chad, um, invited us on the drummer and he was, they were all super cool. It was like Nick and, Tim and Chad hanging out with some people and yeah, we went up in there and I think we hung out for about two hours, man, just like partying. This was like, I think this was like the first show we ever played with them and back in 2008. um. See, those are, those are, that's one of those bands that when we did a string of shows with them out here in the Southwest, (laughs) even like their tour manager, I just didn't know how to talk to him. (laughs) um, There's, there's a lot of bands out there that just kind of keep it tight and you know um some it's not that they're not good people or something like the, those 311 guys are awesome you know um it's just uh, mm-hmm. i i feel the same way like when i when when i go on tour with a band that we, that we don't know or there's like openers that we don't know i try to um 
I try to get out there and, and just shake hands and say hello to them at least, just to say, hey, welcome to the tour or, yeah. or welcome to the show or thanks for doing the show or whatever. Um, <clears throat> sometimes I'm, I'm super busy. I have a lot of work to do every single day leading up to doors and um, sometimes it's hard for me to get away or like I feel like I need to take a nap, things like that. There's a lot that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and being on the road all the time, you just, you just get tired. And um, like when you're up with those bigger bands, there is definitely that feeling of like, okay, I can't talk to them. They're, you know, if they want to come yeah, talk to me, that's cool. But um, the, I think the well, best. I guess I just don't, you don't want to overstep your boundaries. Well, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's more like if I just stay away, I won't say anything wrong. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's uh, the best course of action is to sort of just let it happen organically. Don't don't try to force your way into their dressing room. Don't try to, um, you know, do some stupid trick and and end up talking to one of the guys. I mean, that's all dumb shit that like we we are guilty of as well from back in the day. But um, talking to big rock stars and that we you know envy or whatever. But um, as long as you're not coming in there, especially going in there and uh, start drinking the band's beer and shit like that, that shit is infuriating. I, being completely honest, it's like sometimes you get that that local band that that uh, they come in, they bring their friends with them, their girlfriends, their boyfriends, whatever, and they start drinking your beer, and you're like, "What the fuck is this, bro?" Hey, man, what's going? <laughs> clearly have what's going on taping, here? <laughs> we start taping papers sometimes, like Fayuka beer, you know? Oh, dude, Alex, our uh, tour manager, is amazing at writing notes. He he yeah. loves writing <laughs> notes. He'll just leave shitty notes all over the place. It's great, and That's it's fun. you know, it's not like we're being dicks, man. It's just like it's like no, this is this is how we learned. This is how you're gonna learn, kind of thing. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're totally respectful. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but like, don't come in and start drinking the fucking beer. You know, yeah, it's not yours, man. You know, you live ten minutes from here. Go home and drink your beer. You know, so <laughs> that's one of the many hardships of being on the road, everybody. Tales from the green room. Tales from the green room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what's next for you guys, man? What's What's going on with Fayuka? So we've been doing this like crossover into like the Latino, like the real Latino markets, like in Latin America. Um, and we've made a lot of really good friends from bands. So I think what we've been focusing on, we're recording an album right now. Um, for the longest time we were like demoing and then from demoing we went in with this producer and then realized that we needed to write better songs. So then we, we continued writing. Now we're back in finishing up that album. Um, and then in between that, we're just doing tours. So in, in May, we're going to go out with this guy named Fidel Nadal, who's just like a, just like a really big Argentinian, Argentinian reggae artist. And I think we're just kind of <clears throat> between just like doing some support tours with these Latin reggae bands and then, and then recording our record and then just doing like fe- the festival circuit here in the Southwest. So just between like these support tours with these Latin bands, um, you know, we have something scheduled with Dread Marai, who's like one of the top, you know, charting Latino reggae artists now. That's like in July. So between those tours and the recording and then the beer, just trying to find time to be home with our families and, and just stay sane. It's, there's, a, there's definitely a lot going on right now. That's great, man. It's, it's great to stay busy. It really is. And uh, being, being away from the family is hard. And, you know, you have a, a what, how, old's your, how old's your boy now? So I have, I have a, a two-year-old and, and we have another one on the way. Oh, dude, so, congrats. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know. Awesome, man. He, he, he needed another one. You know, he's just playing with cars by himself and it's, you know, it's time to, to have, to grow the family. Yeah. He's like, mom and dad, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need a playmate. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I have a two year old. It, it's, it's crazy. Like mind blowing. I'm sure you know. Um, All about it. <laughs> you come home from tour and it's like this whole new person. I know. You know they, they pick up so much so quickly. And then now that I'm home, I've been home for a couple months now. I'm like, I'm seeing this development happen. And even it's so crazy because still one morning he'll wake up and say something that he's never said before. And I'm like, where did you learn that? You know, like, how did that become a thing? Yesterday he came running to the living room and he was like, Dad, there's a papa bee in the room. I'm like, a bee in the room? How do you know what a bee is? And when did you learn how to call the bedroom the room, you know? Like, that's never happened before, so... It's great. They pick up so fast, dude. Mm-hmm. That's well, wild. then then the other day he dropped the toy and said, oh, shit. And I thought, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so, 
I got funny. I got the best man. My 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 son when he was uh, I guess he was three. Um, mm-hmm. He's like I'm, I was listening to the like the new Green Day album at that time, and uh, <laughs> oh my god, dude, he was that song. Uh, I think it's uh, Kill the DJ or Shoot the DJ, and um, he uh, he's like Shoot the fucking DJ, and then my son just looks. I'm filming him at the time, and my son just looks at the camera. He's like Shoot the fucking DJ. <laughs> hilarious dude i just showed him the video like last week and he he thought it was so funny man he's uh he'll be eight in april so it's really funny funny. yeah my daughter's been pretty good she doesn't she's only cussed a couple times but it's 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 hilarious it'll it'll happen yeah oh yeah dude you you can't be you can't be like oh my god don't say that you just gotta let it happen and just don't even comment on it and i tell you man my I got friends and I cuss and they they we all talk and stuff and my it just goes right over their heads, man. They they're not bothered mm-hmm. by it at all and they don't they don't repeat anything at school or anything like that. It's it's been great. I, I have awesome kids and I'm I'm blessed. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. No, but it just I think that moment where where you could speak freely to where they're absorbing everything and repeating it happened for me. It happened overnight. So. He probably heard me say, oh, shit, one time. And then when he dropped his toy, he said, oh, shit. And then I lost it. I was cracking up. And then he just kept repeating it over and over and over. So now, like, that's his thing, the oh, shit. You know? <laughs> but Yeah, I said, but yeah no, I said no shit. And my daughter said, no shit. You know, just, just. But she waited. She waited, like, like 20 minutes and used it in a sentence. It wasn't like she repeated <laughs> it right away. She like, she stored it and she's like, okay, I'm going to use this in context somewhere. And she, she crushed it. I mean, I was, I gave her a 10 out of 10 it. for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, so if you could go back in time and tell young Gabriel with the long hair, young, long haired oh, yeah, Gabriel, what would you what would you tell him about about the band the the touring life? What would you say? What advice would you give him? Dude, I think I would have just been in my earlier years. It's like don't take it so seriously, you know. But I think it's all it's all compiled into this, this one big. You know, I would probably say like just do what you love, you know, and like make sure that you're happy first before you know, before you could, you think that you can make other people happy. So, because I think in the beginning, like, you know, you cater, I catered to like a lot of, a, a lot of the people around me, you know, band members and, and I would write music, you know, that was still, that I was still passionate about, but then I, I don't know, I would wonder like, you know, what would this person think? Yeah. And I think that I think that going back and telling younger Gabriel, it's just like, look, dude, everything's gonna be fine. Just do whatever the hell you want to do. You know, obviously, nurture nurture relationships and 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 be a, just a general overall good person. Don't just go go around treating people like you know like shit. Not that I did. But I'm just saying, like, but just be be do what you want to do. Be passionate about what you're doing. And don't take it too seriously. I think, I think, um, I think un- until I started doing that, and you know, um, there was always this like thing bugging me, and I didn't know what it was. And like, like, like now in my life, you know, it's okay to get those no's from people who you think, you know, you want them to say yes or whatever. It, it's okay, but just just stay. I once you stay focused on what you love. And you're doing it all with a purpose and you're not taking it too seriously, but serious enough, you know, and you're not concerned about what other people are going to think. I think that's when all this like happiness and like started opening up and all these little puzzles, puzzle pieces started coming together. You know what I mean? So I think, I think I would just say, I don't know the exact words to make it concise, but something along those lines. I think that's totally respectable, man. That's a, that's a great way to look at it. And, um, you know, it's like you can be passionate and not be a dickhead. I think kindness goes a lot further than being a dickhead to everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, kindness is, is uh, I don't know, you're just going to open a lot more doors that way. Be passionate, you know, have that fire, but um, be be cool about it. Use 
get creative, use strategy and, and, you know, do everything for the right reasons and do everything for yourself. Don't, don't try to do anything for anyone else. You don't need anyone's approval, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just, like I said before, there's a reason why those people, those 300 people started showing up, uh, back in the day is because they liked what you were doing because it's a reflection of yourself, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and it's definitely hard to maintain that over time, especially when you've done it as long as long as we have. Um, definitely. You know, it's you. But the, again, the the honesty will show through. Um, I think that's why a lot of people really are really into like bumping ugly stuff, like Brandon Hardesty. You know, puts out. So doesn't it seem like he just grabs a guitar and just spews the first words to come out of his heart and soul? He he just bears his fucking soul, dude. And and what, like, what an awesome songwriter, dude. He he's a great songwriter and the voice, you know, like it's just it's all perfect, and uh, he shouldn't change anything about it, you know. And it's and it's yeah. it's working. People people are digging the message and, and I think the same goes true for, for myself and for you and all other songwriters, mm-hmm. man, just be honest. Don't try to fucking be anything you're not. And, um, you know, this, don't try to be a fucking pop star. Just, just go out there and, and do it the way you want to do it. If you want to be a pop star and that's who you are, obviously by all means, but don't try to conform your sound for, for somebody else. And, um, you know, because you think this is going to do better for you because it's not, it's fucking not. It's, it, it is, it's what, it's the thing that comes out of you first. That's probably Definitely. the best thing, you know? Well, yeah. And then like, and once you're so like certain about that thing and you're 100, you 100% believe in it, then I think it, it's probably easier to take some risks. And, and if you feel like you don't want to take these risks, just, I guess going back to old Gabriel or whatever, or like, or just like looking, looking back now, just take those damn risks. It's like everything's gonna be fine, pretty much, you know. Um, and then, but you just have you have to really believe in what you're doing, and it really needs to come from your heart and soul, and you have to be passionate about it, and then make these decisions based on, on, you know, passion and strategy rather than what somebody else wants you to do or what you think you need to be doing, you know, for somebody else. But yeah. Definitely. I love that, man. <clears throat> cool, man. Well, uh, I won't take up any more of your time, dude. I'm sure you're, you're a busy dude. You got a lot of things going on over there. I think I heard the baby in the background. <laughs> yeah, man. Just um, it's been great chatting with you. I think uh, I like what you're doing with this podcast, and and I'm just, every every time you put out an episode, I'm gonna tune in and check it out. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's yeah, been a lot of, of fun making it. it. So it's another, you know, like you said earlier, it's like another. Uh, creative outlet and um it's just sort of like very liberating just to kind of talk and you know and uh, it's nice to know i've been getting a lot of feedback and it's nice to know that people are getting some value from it you know definitely yeah well yeah i was just i was just listening to your uh what is it the bitch better have my money one <laughs> yeah <laughs> try to get <laughs> funny so, with the titles right you're so clever with these titles dude. yeah bitch better have my money bitch I'm better like, have oh, my what? money <laughs> i was like all right let me listen to this one <laughs> this is all about so but cool, man. Well, thanks a lot for the call, and and um, and you know, anything you need, just don't you know, just reach out. I'm here. I will, man. Thank you know you it, for... dude. And let's get together and write cool. some songs, man. I'm into that. I like it. Totally down for that. So once again, tell everybody where they can uh, see the band, all the socials, and the beer as well. Tell everybody what's up. So if you just go to fayuka-music.com, um, there's a link there to our beer and all of our socials. But if you're just on your phone right now, just go to Instagram at Fayuka, F as in Frank, A-Y-U-C-A. And uh, that's pretty much where we do most of our communicating back and forth with our friends and fans. So That's great, man. Well, it was awesome to talk to you, dude. Hope to uh, talk to you sooner than later. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon, man. All right, man. Take it easy, bud. Later, bro. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks. I love that guy. <clears throat> Gabriel from a band called Fayuka, everybody. Um, Rad dude, um, he's on a mission for sure. A little side hustle here and there. Can totally appreciate that. Totally respect that. Uh, go to feyuka-music.com to find out more information where they're playing, where you can get their their beer. And uh, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in to episode five. Uh, episode six is on the way. I've got some cool guests coming up, so stay in touch about that and uh, subscribe, rate, review. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah!